pickaxe. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code SPOTIFY for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. If you're an athlete, you know the greatest motivator of all is the fear of letting your teammates down. After all, a team is only as good as its weakest link. So you owe it to those wearing the same jersey as you to be your best every time you step on the field. That's why there's no vape in team. When you vape, you can expose your lungs to toxic chemicals that can damage your lungs. If you're a step behind, the team's a step behind. Brought to you by The Real Cost and the FDA. Good evening and welcome to One Life Left on Resonance 104.4 FM. My name is Steve Curran. Hello, I'm Simon Byron. And we are a video game radio show. As far as I'm aware, only currently broadcasting video game radio show in the United Kingdom. Is that right, Simon? Um, well, as if you're, if that's as far as you're aware, and I and you know more than me, then I'm gonna I'm gonna go with that. I guess. You would. I mean, that's how you'd recognise that there'd been some sort of global um, shattering event. Would be when One Life Left stops broadcasting, will it? As far as I'm aware, we are still broadcasting, <laughs> <laughs> and I guess we will find out when we listen to Resonance FM this Monday. Uh, we are recording, as always, or almost always. Uh, currently, uh, we're recording on the Sunday before the Monday we go out on Resonance. Of course, we are podcast as well. On Wednesdays. Um... That, um, so when you say the Monday, I mean, it should be a capital T in the Monday, shouldn't it, for tomorrow? <laughs> it's a big Monday, isn't it? This is the last time we will record One Life Left in full lockdown. Last time ever. Yes. And, um, you know, thanks to uh, being in this sort of in-between limbo, that means that we aren't live in the studio and therefore... As we're being broadcast on Resonance FM, I'm currently down the pub. <laughs> I've got the day off tomorrow, today. <laughs> to I celebrate. do. To celebrate the Monday. That's amazing. And interestingly, uh, I guess from next week, we'll actually be able to record the show together in a garden of our choice. <laughs> Which one would you choose? Well, <laughs> I don't really have a garden. Um, but if I, of course, if I came to your garden, I wouldn't be allowed in the shed, would I? I was talking to my wife about this because um, we drove uh, for a country walk this afternoon and um, we passed many pubs on the way. Mm-hmm. Lots of them looking, getting busy with it for tomorrow right. and um, constructing uh, marquees, etc. And I wondered what the definition of... Well, first of all, what is outdoors when it's indoors, mm-hmm. i.e. under a marquee? Um, and secondly, you know, how do you, you, you know, what's to stop you just leaving that marquee up now forever? And um, Kate reckons uh, there needs to be free-flowing air, mm-hmm. keep the window open, um, and that the uh, the structure that you're in cannot be permanent. So the question would be, is the shed a permanent fixture now <laughs> in this universe? <laughs> Do you regard it as permanent? It looks permanent from, you know, where I'm sitting right now. Looking, at It's a little seating. bit leaky. Uh, yeah, it's a little bit leaky at the moment. So, yeah, I wouldn't... I wouldn't. <laughs> I think there's a 10-year guarantee on it, which says all you need to know about whether or not it's permanent, doesn't it? But isn't the leakiness the ventilation that we require? Well, that, that's what I'd argue. Mm. When, when they catch us... <laughs> 
illegally broadcasting. Oh, Simon, I'm excited to see you again. Let's hope it's soon, and let's hope we get back to the Resonance FM studios soon as well. Um, then we can talk more about video games in person, like we have been doing so far today. Simon, I've got something to talk to you about. Please do. That's why I'm here. Have you seen um, the feedback on last week's show that I was barely present during? Uh, I saw one thing on the One Life Left Discord. That's enough, isn't it? Positive <laughs> is, is Is that the feedback? Uh, pretty much. I mean, what I'm saying is we've never... We haven't had <laughs> as positive feedback about an episode in many, many, many months. And it was the one that I wasn't involved in. So, well done. Thanks very much. You were very involved, Steve. I um, So we're talking, of course, about the Dominic Diamond, Darren Wall special. Um, yeah, I enjoyed it. I, I mean, I, I, I messed it up uh, because the interview was, was too long to be a regular sh- uh, show, but not long enough to devote to permanently. So there was a little bit of padding in there. Um, there were two music tracks that lasted their full five minutes, Steve. <laughs> I was kicking myself because uh, we didn't return to the Sensible Soccer uh, World Cup, which I won, mm. uh, which we touched upon briefly during the conversation. But for some reason, I forgot. And before I knew, I was ending the interview and I don't know why. But still, um, yeah, it was nice to see positive feedback, mainly about Dominic um, and the stories that he's telling at the moment. He's been all over, all over the place, hasn't he? He has, but, um, you know, never in better form than on One Life Left, which I think is something you drew out of him, Simon. So, well done. Thanks. Who should we get next? Uh, Dexter Fletcher, obviously. <laughs> it's got to be, hasn't it? Uh, I don't know. It'd be, be lovely to uh, to have a, have another, another super special guest, wouldn't it? Um, we'll find one, but, you know, we've got a bit of time. You've built up some credit with that one. Okay, good. Um, so obviously, you know, what we're doing now is calming down. How do you follow 40 minutes, almost 40 minutes with Dominic Diamond? You don't, do you? <laughs> you don't. You, you give it some space to breathe. Mm, and you therefore... follow it with, uh, with two men barely talking about video <laughs> games and uh, failing to understand. I, I had a bit of um, someone approached me. Oh, did they? <laughs> they did. <laughs> Offered a little bit of feedback on the show. <laughs> did they now? <laughs> they did. Uh, they were appalled that I didn't know what Destiny was. They said, "How can you? How can you? How can you do a video game radio show without knowing what Destiny was?" And I said, "Well, you know what it is." You. I said, "It's Space Wizards in it. Space Wizards shooting each other. I just don't know the intricacies." Uh, he was he was appalled at that. So um, <laughs> let's do some more of that, I guess. Okay. Right, uh, uh, time for the news? Let's do the news. One life left. One life left. One life left. One life left. Video game news with Anne Scantleberry. All right, uh, this is the new section in One Life Left where, well, typically, if we were in a studio, Anne would be hosting it, still waiting for that moment when she can make a glorious return. So for now, you've just got Simon and I muddling through, uh, going on the regular sources and looking at, looking at their stories and where they've got their stories from and where those people have got their stories from and where those <laughs> people have got their stories from. And typically, that's a rumour they heard from someone uh, down the pub. Which presumably Wesley Yin Pool did, editor of uh, Eurogamer. Epic is losing hundreds of millions of dollars in its war against Steam. Uh, the Epic Game Store releases free games every week and has snapped up a number of eye-catching PC launch exclusives since it went live in December 2018. Of course, it's expected that providing so many free games and timed exclusives would cost Epic cold, hard cash. But the sheer numbers of play are eye-watering, and it's all spent at a loss. Court documents published this week as part of Epic's high-profile legal battle against Apple reveal Epic committed $444 million in the minimum guarantees for 2020 alone. Wow. 
Uh, it's a huge amount of money to pay out to developers for minimum guarantees last year, but it's something Moneybags Epic is willing to do in order to take on Steam and its 30% cut of revenue. Uh, as Epic boss Tim Sweeney said in June 2019, we believe exclusives are the only strategy that will change the 70-30 status quo at a large enough scale to permanently affect the whole game industry. It's a lot of money, Steve, isn't it? That is an enormous amount of money. I spent most of that story thinking, big wow, we know this, right? We know that Epic are spending a lot of money on persuading developers to release on the Epic Store first, and we also know that they can afford it because they've got all of the Fortnite cash. But that number still written down, or read aloud by you, Simon, $440 million is a big one. Yeah, now what's not clear is whether those minimum guarantees are offset by uh, the money spent. Because uh, when you a minimum guarantee is, well, look, if you, it basically means in layman's terms, if... Uh, if a store is to guarantee you some money, they were over a certain period of time. If you've not generated that through sales, mm. they will make up the difference. So I'm not sure whether that is whether that's uh, the gap between sales and what was promised, whether it was the total amount promised, mm. um, or whether it's a net of the two. Mm. I don't know either, but it's a good time to be a developer with a uh, hyped video game, isn't it? The sort of thing that people would. Um, would be persuaded to start using the Epic Store for. Um, do you do you believe? Uh, do you believe Tim Sweeney there? That do you, do you believe this is a battle of righteousness, uh, and that that is his only motivation? Well, it's a, he literally seems to be putting his money uh, where his mouth is mm. on, in this, um, and that he's going to drive something through uh, by the sheer weight of cash behind it. So, yeah, he's, he's clearly got his bee in his bonnet about something, Steve. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, yeah, but I, I, you know, even I was affected by their exclusives this Easter mm. um, when, you know, I wanted to buy uh, an Easter gift of Hitman 3. Mm-hmm. Uh, to I'm going to say a relative in order not to uh, men- <laughs> in order to not declare it's my son who um, <laughs> shouldn't be playing it. I wanted to give him a, you know instead of chocolate. I thought that's that's bad for his teeth. I'll get him something bad for his morals. Perfect. Um, it's a lot of money on the Epic Store. Hitman is it's fifty pounds. Right. Okay. But isn't um, that still th- undercutting the price that we're told this generation should cost anyway? <laughs> well, uh, it's certainly too much for me, and mm. significantly more than an Easter egg. Um, I, I, actually, during uh, Easter, I think it was there was a sale. I, I, I think it was um, maybe forty pounds in the sale. I still didn't pay that though. I went off to a I went off to a key reseller and bought it off them, didn't I? Of course you did. Of course you did. Twenty nine pounds I paid for round three. So uh, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I, I, I was a little bit nervous because I'd not bought from this particular key seller before, mm-hmm. and even as my relative who was sat next to me was going, "Dad, <laughs> <laughs> who are these people?" <laughs> I was a little unsure as whether it was wise, but it worked. It worked. So you know, happy Easter. Perfect. Happy Easter. All right, I've got a story. Uh, this is from Gamasutra.com. Uh, it drew my attention because the headline begins with the word report, colon, uh, which is basically journalist code for here's something we read on another website. Uh, and sure enough, the, the report in question says, uh, report, Sony's relentless pursuit of blockbusters is stifling its developers. Uh, the article goes on to report Sony's focus on blockbuster franchises and its star studios is causing unrest at the PlayStation Maker that's according to a new report from do you want to guess where it's from? Microsoft no, Bloomberg always Bloomberg always Bloomberg always Bloomberg which details how Sony's unwillingness to grant some of its internal studios more autonomy has created a morale sapping hierarchy of favouritism within the company it specifically highlights the plight of the Visual Arts Service Group, a support studio within Sony that's worked on projects like Marvel's Spider-Man and The Last of Us, who push for more creative control, only to be kicked to the curb. Those Are involved, they? Well, apparently. Those involved told Bloomberg how the VASG sought to lead game direction and create its own projects, eventually leading its founder, Michael Mumbauer, to form a new dev unit within Sony to remake some of the company's most successful pa- franchises. They initially pitched an Uncharted remake 
They eventually were given the go-ahead to remake The Last of Us for PS5, yet, despite being handed the keys to a major franchise, Sony apparently refused to officially acknowledge the team's existence (laughs) or provide funding and support needed to credibly realise the project and make key hires. Right. I mean, obviously, uh, I'm going to make light of that situation. It doesn't sound good. But um, what I understand the news story you've just uh, repeated to me to be uh, is creative division doesn't like the fact it can't get creative. <laughs> so, so so they jump at the chance to remake something. <laughs> right. Quite well, no, I feel like that. Um, I don't know. I love the tone of this piece, which is just so gossipy. And it's so <laughs> like, we, they wouldn't even let them do this. And then they did this. And then they, can you believe it? But it sounds to me, and again, this is absolutely unfounded speculation, pure gossip, but it sounds to me like they've, you know, they've been stuck doing stuff they don't want to, and then they've gone up to Sony and gone, please, please, we don't even want to do anything new. Can you just let us make The Last of Us 5 for (laughs) PS5? They can't, yeah, this is our opportunity, you know, to do something slightly creative within this window. But Sony have said, no, can't even do that, and you can't tell anyone you're doing it, and you're not allowed... I, I don't know if any of this is true or not, uh, but I did. I did enjoy the gossip. I just saw that picture. Like if you were to drive past Sony on like, on a Thursday afternoon, just people getting kicked to the kicked to the curb. To the curb. Like, oh, the, article, the article concludes: The Last of Us remake, codenamed T1X. How does that? I mean, I suppose. You know, I know that a code name should be a code name and not easily interpreted, but most code names are like you can work back from that, right? To work out how they've got to the last one on T one X. Dunno. Uh, the Last of Us remake is reportedly still in production at Naughty Dog with support from the VASG, but Mumbauer and most of his disillusioned team's key players had left Sony by the end of twenty twenty. It's not even a current story. A few months ago <laughs> concludes by saying the report's well worth a read, here's a link. Off you go. Why are they remaking uh, The Last of Us for PlayStation 5 when it was remastered like not long ago, was it? Uh, it probably did some fancy things with the controller. Make it glow more. Right. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, I've absolutely no idea. I, I guess the answer is to make it even prettier, more spectacular. I think there is... I, I think there's genuinely a... Um, uh, sort of a uh, good reason for that stuff to keep uh, to keep successful games uh, alive on on platforms where they're not available or platforms that can do the games more justice. You know, to show the true vision of that game, to bring that game to a new audience. I, I sort of do get it. Um, you know that feeling that when you get a new piece of shiny technology, even if you can go back and play a, a game from a previous generation, you don't necessarily want to. Actually, I'm talking to the wrong person here. I'm talking to the person who tries to put Mario 64 and do yeah. Wave Race 64 on every single device he owns. Um, but, you know, for a lot of people, very future thinking and, and a PS5 remastered version of a game that's even structurally identical to the PS4 version that just looks better and, you know, has modern quality of life improvements makes perfect sense to me. Um, the other reason to do it is because it will make a lot of money, right? <laughs> Andy Robinson writes on Video Games Chronicle, Nintendo says it has enough parts for immediate Switch production, but President Furukawa warns that shortages could still happen this year. Nintendo's president has provided an update on Switch hardware production, stating that the company has been able to secure enough semiconductors for immediate production. However, speaking to Nikai, uh, Shantaro Furuaka, apologies for the pronunciation, warned that Switch could still experience hardware shortages this year due to significant demand. We've been able to secure the necessary materials for the immediate production of semiconductors for Switches, he said. However, in Japan and other countries, demand has been very strong since the beginning of the year, and there is a possibility of shortages at some retailers in the future. It's difficult to say how we'll deal with this, but in some cases, we may not be able to prepare for enough orders. Now, uh, as we know, a global shortage of semiconductors has affected production of electronics since the start of the pandemic. Uh, mm. But it looks like it could be about to hit. Well, uh, it could. Sorry, not about to, but it could hit the switch 
markets soon. Now, I picked this story because I heard some gossip this week, actually, which was that um, I was talking to somebody during, you know, one of the many Zoom calls that we have. Mm-hmm. And uh, I was saying I was getting frustrated with the fact that there's no been no concrete news on uh, Switch Pro. And uh, this person said to me, well, they're waiting to date Breath of the Wild 2, aren't they? Ooh. Inferring that the two will launch together. Now, I will say this person uh, that uh, is very, very high up mm-hmm. uh, in the games industry, and I would say has a strong connection to Nintendo. So that's our exclusive, Steve. Switch Pro launching. That's why I thought I'd drop it in as a third news story. <laughs> Switch Pro is definitely launching with uh, Breath of the Wild 2. Do you want to put a quarter on that as well? Yeah, quarter three this year. That, that's that's not what she told me. Uh, should we, should we, you know, uh, prefix that with report? Uh, yeah, Bloomberg. Right. <laughs> <Based> on Bloomberg. <laughs> quarter three launch for uh, for for Switch Pro. Will you uh, will you be buying one Switch Pro? Yep. Yeah. Of course. Day one. Well, or not? It depends if on the semiconductors. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I will, yes. Yeah, I'm not sure. Uh, I'm what? Not sure. I, don't, I don't know. I mean, is the is the? I would assume from the name Switch Pro that the uh, that the. Well, we. Know, why am I assuming anything? We've just announced it. So from <laughs> the Switch Pro, he states confidently. Yeah. Uh, it's not a. It's not a Switch Two, a Swatch. It's a. It's, it's a upgrade on the hardware, but it is compatible with the Switch, and indeed, um, there won't be Switch Pro exclusive games, will there? There aren't Switch Pro exclusive games. We're being confident about this. Um, they're just going to be shinier on the Switch Pro. Yeah, uh, I think initially. I mean, I really hope that when the Switch Pro launches in Q3 this year, that. That, that all existing games and peripherals are compatible. Can you imagine having to buy loads more Joy-Con again? Mm. Joy-Kai. Um, I, I got, you know, I've got two two Switch plugs off Kickstarter. <laughs> I don't want to have to chuck away. Uh, so, yeah, fingers crossed. All right, so if you're spe- <laughs> not speculating, if you are informing our listeners what the mm-hmm. Switch Pro Talent. is going to yep. be like, yep. Yep. a Joy-Con perfectly compatible because yep. Nintendo don't want to, you know, force you to buy new pieces of plastic. Um, what's the body of the machine look like then? Just a bigger, bigger screen, fatter? Within this, well, yeah, exactly. Uh, I think it would have, it will, no, it will, I don't think, mm-hmm. I know it will have reduced bezels. Same size. Fewer um, bezels. Uh, yeah, fewer bezels. I'll have three bezels <laughs> with a triangular screen. <laughs> Perfect. Uh, okay, I was sorry. I was I was distracted by the strength of that new story. Exclusive, yeah. Uh, that exclusive from finding my own. Have you got another one? I do. Um, Tom Ivan writes on videogameschronicle.com. PlayStation, and there's some quotes here, is working on a counterpunch to Xbox Game Pass. Claims God of Raw, God of War creator. David Jaff cites Sony sources who reportedly reportedly say it will react to services' popularity. Uh, Game Pass launched in June 2017 has become central to Microsoft's gaming business, attracting over 18 million subscribers as of January 2021. It offers Xbox and PC players access to over 100 titles, including all first-party games that launched with a growing number, also available on Android devices via the cloud. Sony has said on multiple occasions that the Game Pass model wouldn't work for PlayStation. Speaking to GamesIndustry.biz last September, SIE boss Jim Ryan claimed a subscription-type model would be unsustainable for PlayStation Studios because it often sees its first-party game budgets grow to well over $100 million. Uh, however, in a November 2020 interview with Russian news agency TASS, Ryan also suggested Sony may have an ace up its sleeve to counter Game Pass. So I'm going to skip through this because... Uh, going back to um, David Jaff, he says, uh, bah, 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 what I 
can sorry i've lost it now i've skipped what i can tell you is that i know they are doing some stuff because i know people at sony have told me they are doing some stuff he continued there will be a response to game pass so it's interesting isn't it i mean arguably there is already a response to game pass in playstation now that's Mm. a subscription service Mm. that sure doesn't have day and date in it currently um but it does have a number of big name titles in there and they've um they've successfully moved it across from being an exclusively uh, streaming service where you could stream ps3 games on your ps4s to one which is a mix of streaming and downloads now so i don't know if they're saying that they are going to counter game pass that's almost them acknowledging that playstation now isn't working yeah, um, I think it's certainly not working from a marketing point of view, right? Like, there's no question that Microsoft have won that battle. Uh, I think I've accidentally ended up with Game Pass. Come and join us. Jump on in, Steve. The water is lovely. I've been too scared to do anything about it. Basically, I've got a new fancy PC. I think so I've mentioned it on the show before. Um, it's got glowing rainbow lights inside it. Of course it does. I've had to put it against the wall because I, I, I don't know how to change the colours of them. Well, how else does it? How do, you, how else do you think it does its ray tracing? Well, that's why I assumed it. I was a bit worried. I thought some of the rays were leaking. Um, <laughs> the uh, yeah. So, but then occasionally um, Windows pops up a little message one of those like tooltip things. It goes, "Hey, you know uh, you, this comes with free Game Pass. Do you want to do something about that?" And I've, I've I've piped it down. I've said. Hush, because I don't, I, I don't know what that means. Is, is it going to get me to sign? Is it like one month comes free, or is my PC so fancy they just want me on board as an influencer? Oh, cool. I, I think, I think that's the most likely, isn't it? Yeah, I, I'm. You can get trials of Game Pass mm. Ultimate with with almost everything that you buy. Right. Um, uh, but once you, I mean, and, and it's it's interesting that um, that news report says that there are over a hundred games available because that was uh, certainly Microsoft's original intention. But since then, mm-hmm. they've added in EA Play titles, so mm-hmm. so um, you know, uh, FIFA's in there, Star Wars Squadrons. It's, this mm-hmm. is this isn't EA's premium service. It's the one where they put games sort of six months after mm-hmm. launch. But there are dozens of titles there. All of the Bethesda games have gone in there. Um, Plus, they're making great strides in uh, their streaming side now. So, so did you see that they announced that uh, MLB The Show is coming day and date to Game Pass, which is, you know, what when you said you that you got involved in Game Pass, I thought that would be why, because you, <laughs> because you love cricket, and this is Americans cricket. Um, but that's, that's, you know, that's up until this version, that's been a PlayStation exclusive, and now it's launching day and date on, on a Microsoft console, so we'll be, and it will cost $70 on a PS5. I don't know mm. why I'm saying dice. I don't, presumably they don't sell it here um, because it's American sport. But, uh, you you know, you would be able to get it for your £12 a month, £14 a month uh, as part of that package. It's, um, it's, it's incredible, really. It just makes sense, doesn't uh, it? Now. Well, and and plus now with the Android streaming, so there there are obviously uh, rights uh, licensing issues where you know some games are available on console and PC, and some are just console and not. So like Outriders, for example, which is top in the Steam charts at the moment, that's only available to Xbox owners. But uh, but many of these games are now also streamable on Android. So mm. MLB is console only, but you can also play it on your phone. So you don't even need an Xbox anymore. Perfect. I don't have one, so it's ideal. <laughs> All right, uh, we've, we've got to get on with you. it. That's been a do big we? news section. Yeah, we do. Wow, we, do. we have to get on with it. Um, all right, uh, thank you, Simon. Thanks. One life left. Video game news with Anne Scantleberry.
You are listening to One Life Left on Resonance 104.4 FM, the greatest radio station in the world. You might also be listening to the podcast. Maybe you've heard us live on a Monday night and then thought, I could do with hearing that again. So you've popped over to uh, Spotify or iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts and you've liked and subscribed to One Life Left. Downloaded it on the Wednesday and you're listening to us there. Well, thank you very much to uh, for doing that. And thank you as well to our caretaker or our under caretaker, Phil, for putting the show up there. Thank you also to him for writing the show notes. I honestly don't know how he, he manages to do that every week, uh, which will include the name of the song that you are listening to right now, um, which may have been acquired from chipmusic.org. It's increasingly hard to do that now that Flash is no longer a thing. Uh, maybe taken from somewhere else, like Simon does. I, I ripped mine from YouTube for last week's. Really? Okay. Imagine. Yeah, well that's quite a difficult process, actually, I have to say. Really annoying. Yeah, an awful lot of pop-ups uh, whenever you try and do something dodgy. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah. There are a lot of ladies, though, that live in the town next to me that want to meet with me, Steve. <laughs> Perfect. Extraordinary. It just sounds like quite an efficient way, efficient use of your time. Um, Why are they up there though, rather than in my actual town? Why are they in the next town and uh, next town along? <laughs> don't know. I don't know. I get a mix of those and ones about retiring. <laughs> you thought about retiring to the next town along? <laughs> exactly. Well, no, I'm terrified of it. <laughs> it's. They're all having it off all the time over there. <laughs> you know what? I'm not in my ticker. <laughs> ah, right. Um, we are One Life Left. We are a show about video games. We've done the news. Uh, we've got the letters coming up. This is usually the part of the show where we talk about any other business. Do we have any other business? Uh, I've got Marioki date to announce. That'll come up okay. at the end of the month. I think it's the last It's the last Friday in April. Uh, Payday. Which- is that 30th? Does that sound about right? Yeah. September, April, June. Yeah, it must be. Uh, I think it's 30th. So see you there at twitch.tv slash singmarioki for uh, some new songs and um, and good times. This could be our penultimate marioki lockdown. Wow. Cause, uh, That's exciting, isn't it? Yeah, because there's May to go. And then after mm. that, all restrictions are over. We could hold marioki in your shed. <laughs> After that, doesn't matter about ventilation. Uh, so, very much looking forward to uh, to the end of this month, the end of May, and then see what happens at the end of June. Should we get on with the letters? The letter. Well, we've got more. We definitely do. Okay. Well, I'll start with one then. All right. Off you go. Dear team and SSG, uh, three in a row, uh, Chris Conroy adds, hopefully. Driven by a desire for some mindless fuggery and some team-based multiplayer, no voice comms please, that'd be far too intimate, I belatedly tried my hand at Apex Legends the other week and quickly found myself lost, bewildered and out of my depth in a game that, for all its promise of matchmaking, was filled with people who clearly knew what they were doing and had little patience for anyone who didn't. After persevering over a few sessions, I eventually came to the conclusion that while I thought I was after a battle royale experience, what I really wanted was the much quicker game loop that the Battlefield series offers and quickly settled back into the familiar setting and mechanics of the franchise. I've been playing the Battlefield games off and on since Battlefield 1942 came out in 2002 and whilst the series has evolved a little, the implementation of a large-scale combined arms battles the implementation of large-scale combined arms battles has been at the heart of the games, and in my experience, hasn't really been beaten. So, two questions. What are the genres or games you've found most impenetrable? And are there any games or franchises you consider as long-term leaders of their packs? The Apex Legends, if you really must. Your Command & Conquer correspondent, Chris Conroy. Well, Chris... There's no, uh, there's no surprises for the most impenetrable uh, on my side, Monster Hunter. Absolutely, uh, League of Legends, as previously discussed. Simon, have you played Apex? No, I've downloaded it. Okay. Uh, Dexter plays it. All right, can you explain it to me? 
Yeah, it's Fortnite, but 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 for but for people that uh, think that Fortnite's too childish. Right. Okay. It's uh, what I know about it. I would have described it similarly. Uh, it's it's Fortnite, but with um, those wires that you slide down. Right. Zip lines. Zip lines. Fortnite with zip lines. That's what I would have said. Yeah, it does a couple of other things. So it's made by uh, Respawn, who made Titanfall, um, and um, it has several different game modes. Like it's not as cartoony as as Fortnite. Um, but the big thing about it is that it, your legends see mm. uh, these are characters. Um, all of them have so each of them has a unique buff. Um, so Dexter was trying to tell me. I was asking him about what I should do because I was. I was. Um, it came to the Switch recently, and uh, I was going to play it on there. And he's like, "Dad, you've got a gaming PC." I'm like, "Yeah, but they're all too." Just as Chris says, like, mm. you know, they're all too good on that. Um, and uh, yeah, I was reading a big. No, I, I watched a video actually. I watched um, a, a Nintendo video about uh, who to who to start off with in Apex. And I can't remember any of the, any of their names, but yeah, there's. Um, who you pick uh, should be in keeping with your playstyle. I, I I have to say, even though I can't remember any, they do sound quite inventive in some of their powers. Mm. Um, so yeah, it's a it's a battle royale, but a little more serious than uh, Fortnite, um, and that's where all the kids seem to be moving, graduating to. Uh, of course, we've only really uh, both of us, at least uh, on a team together, have only ever really got into Ghost Recon, haven't we? Back in the day, I still miss those days. I would, yeah, I would like to, you know, put together a squad that we could. <laughs> what would you do it with? Because um, I played Ghost Recon Breakpoint, and and that didn't feel anything like what we used to play. I mean, would something like Rainbow Six Siege do it? Do you think? I think what we really enjoyed, uh, well. I, I'm obviously speaking for myself here, but certainly what I enjoyed was the fact that when we played Ghost Recon, it was purely collaborative. So there was no um, tension that we were playing against another team. We were playing against the CPU. We didn't ever play it online against other people. We played our squad of, you know, between six and 12 people against the CPU missions. And that was really fun because it felt like the stakes were pretty low. Um, Obviously, they sort of ratcheted it up as you got closer and closer to the end but there was it was just a lot of like low pressure fun i don't know if there's a game like that does does rainbow six siege do that or is it all team versus team yeah that's a good question i i, I don't know i will make some inquiries mm. Mm. um chris also asks are there any other games or franchises you consider as long-term leaders of the their packs oh I mean, if you well, if you go across different genres, right? Like, there are tons of karting games, right? But I've never got anything out of a karting game other than Mario Kart. I was told recently that that is wrong. In fact, it was via One Life Left, right? Like that someone wrote in and said Diddy Kong Racing is completely different. It's a completely different type of karting game. I think it was Robert Wells, uh, Weasel Spoon, who wrote in and said said that, and. Um, that opened my mind because I, I've previously been like, yeah, why would you ever engage in a different game other than Mario Kart, right? It does karting, it does it perfectly well. Um, yeah, I guess I guess we all have favourites in other genres, but it's <laughs> it's uh, I don't know what other genre pieces I play. Like tried FIFA recently, couldn't really get into it. Did you? Sorry, we're this is becoming a little bit of an informal chat, but it is one life. <laughs> exactly, just like, just meandering around. I've meant to ask you. Um, you downloaded that um, Captain Subasa. I did. You, you yeah, that. How did you get on with it? I sold it on eBay last week. <laughs> After I tell you what, I'm still waiting. For, or... I'm still waiting for somebody to um, to pay for my Mario 3D World. That's. Okay. I mean, everything else is gone. Monster Hunter gone. Mm-hmm. Um. Uh, Phoenix uh, Rising, that's gone. Mm-hmm. Captain Tsubasa, gone. Monster Hunter could not be more gone. <laughs> I, th- I threw it. <laughs> Get out, I said. I want to see you again until the next one comes out. I buy that, I said. Um, I enjoyed Captain Tsubasa, mm-hmm. but what I didn't know about it was its origins, which is it's um, it's a big Japanese anime series, mm-hmm. and that actually um, much of its success comes around the characters and the plot. And so um, 
what when you get to play football in Captain Tsubasa, it's 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 a lot of fun. Mm. It's actually more like a more like a fighting game in that uh, you need to grind down the opponent's goalie by mm-hmm. continuously shooting at them until they're weakened, and then do a special shot. Shot, uh, but I think in. I don't know, maybe 45 minutes that I played it, I probably played two matches, mm. maybe potentially, well, and also went through the training. And I just thought, I'm not going to sit through all of this. I just wanted to play the game. So I, I loved it. I loved the idea. I thought visually it was it was beautiful, but I had no idea who these, who these people were. Um, and uh, yeah, I just wanted to play stupid overpowered football, uh, which it wouldn't let me do. So to eBay. <laughs> All right, I, I hope that answers your question, Chris. Uh, we've got, we definitely do have another letter, and it is from. Uh, well, it, it appeared in my inbox, and I assume yours as well, because it's to team as from Kazula. But it's actually from uh, Zuber. Uh, he says, Hi team, and potentially SSG. I've been a regular listener for a while, rarely muster up the courage to write in. Last time I wrote him, I had my first son. Five years later, I've added to my collection, as have you. A few months ago, you were talking about Granny's Garden, the game I remember experiencing at school. I recall playing another game at the time, but the memory is over 30 years old. I'm sure it was played on the RM Nimbus. Remember them. And the task was to find your schoolmates as you moved from screen to screen. I think it was played in the first person. Eight-year-old me can't remember how the game was navigated or played. I've searched around and can't seem to find anything that prompted me to ask you, is there a hazy game memory that you have, something that you experienced but can't remember its name, or even if it really existed? Uh, love the show, Zuba. Simon. Well, that's literally the first time I've, I've heard that, um, mm. because I did not receive that email. Huh. Yeah, let me have a look in... Um... Have, a, have a look at, look at your old spam folder. See what you got in there. I am, and actually, I, well, it's a good job I have done, actually, because Mr. Michael Lawson has sent me an email that says urgent. Hang okay. on a second. L- literally true. <laughs> to inform you that the delivery of your consignment box containing $5.5 million was halted by operatives. Oh. Sorry. Well, you advise to... <laughs> <laughs> to contact your diplomatic agent, Mike Henson, with the needed fee to get the clearance. Okay. Fantastic. Sorry, I'll have to. Do, I'll, what I'll do is I'll, <laughs> I'll flag that for follow up. There it is. I can see it now. It's gone to my spam. Apologies. Oh. I love, but you, clearly, that's an important folder, Zuba. Uh, yeah. Apologies. I wonder why that one went to spam and the others didn't. Um, yeah. Do you know what? I don't even. I don't even really. I think I remember the RM Nimbus. Mm. Uh, I remember it now. I see it written down, but uh, I couldn't. I couldn't describe it. Um, and uh, yeah, which means that uh, this particular game, very, very, very um, slim chance of me being able to help here. I'm afraid. I um, so has this ever happened to you? This this sort of this feeling of of being able to remember a game but not remember what it is and not know what how to Google Google it. I, I genuinely forget what I'm doing while I'm doing <laughs> things at the moment. <laughs> so I, <laughs> yeah. Um. So I had exactly this experience over a game that I played at university uh, that I was really good at, like super, super, super good at. And um, I um, I actually was top of the high score table in it until the comp sci lot got hold of it and hacked it. Did they? They did. Um, so obviously I'm still a bit bitter at that, uh, but I, I I I could not remember this. I'd ask people, and obviously it's it's almost like low key embarrassing, like having worked in the games industry for you know uh, twenty years, and occasionally I'd ask people, no one will be able to uh, tell me what the name of this game was. And it's like this is not a very long time ago. This is you know um, sort of early two thousands. Um, anyway, someone told me. Uh, I remember uh, asking about this, and someone told me about the subreddit tip of my joystick uh, obviously I was a little bit concerned does sound a little like <laughs> like they might they might be reading that in Letchworth <laughs> but it is not NSFW it's where people post exactly the sort of stuff that Zuber is uh, talking about games they can't remember the names of um, and I posted this right people can play along at home see if they know the mm. name of this game so um, I've been looking for an answer from this for more than a decade. It's frustrating because it's super distinctive 
Um, I'm going to describe the mechanics here. The player flies around in 3D space, first-person perspective, shooting aliens. Controls are a joystick and, notably, a big, chunky lever on one side of the deck, which moves the player forwards or backwards. I'm fairly sure there's a thumb button on one side of this lever. Maybe it's for an emergency mechanic like a smart bomb. I'm 100% sure, almost 100% sure, the score was a three-figure number displayed at the centre top of the screen. Curiously, the score topped out at 999. I then go on to say, I remember this because I was best at this game till one of the third-year comp size students hacked it and moved the top score to 999, <laughs> which meant I had to get brilliant at Puzzle Bobble 2 instead. Um, yeah, yeah, so um, quite distinctive-sounding machine. Um you know, so I think that's everything. Thanks in advance. Um, typing this out, I think there might have been a decimal decimal point in that score. Maybe it was nine 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 point nine or something like that. Um, graphics art style, flat shaded poly, something like that. Anyway, any ideas, Simon? No, not no. When did you post that on Reddit? Two years ago. Was it? And did anybody have any ideas? So, no one on Reddit did, but I linked the... I posted about it on Twitter and linked that Reddit Reddit post and someone solved it for me. Um, it was a game called Space Lords by Atari. Hmm. Uh, and... Um, yeah, it didn't have 3D, it didn't have low poly flat shading stuff. That's just my memory playing tricks. It had scaling bitmaps on it. So that's a little bit misleading. Sorry if you were playing along at home and that set you down the wrong path. But if someone on Twitter managed to solve it, then maybe you should have done as well. Um, but yeah, the scoring system was exactly how I described three numbers, three, you know, uh, three numbers and then a decimal point. Um, and yeah, it was really, really satisfying to be able to solve that. So, while we cannot help you, Zuba, because we are just two idiots with a radio show, uh, you can post on Reddit. And if you link us to that post, I'll get it retweeted by the One Life Left account as well, so maybe someone on Twitter can help you as well. Thanks for the letter, though, Zuba, and best of luck. Nice to hear from you again. Yes, thank you. See you in five years. listening to some music right now which I'll probably stop right I'll probably stop I'll probably stop round about 
now. That's just created much more work for me. It really do. has done. Yeah, I don't know yeah. Why I did that. Uh, anyway, uh, it's about time for the reviews. Simon, have you reviewed anything this week? Uh, yeah. Do you know what? I'm uh, I'm playing a game that I've been playing for the last couple of weeks on and off, and I've been playing it with my wife. What? Um, I know, uh, we've been playing It Takes Two. <laughs> now, I didn't know much about this. Uh, I, I mean, I hadn't, I, I played Brothers a little bit. I thought it was okay. I'd not played A Way Out, but we'd discussed uh, the developer of this title on One Life Left before, because mm. he's a very sweary man. Um, and uh, he did sound a little bit aggressive. So I'm very surprised that his game is one of the cutest, most joyful co-op experiences I think um, I've played in a long, long, long time. Um, It's got an awful narrative. It's about a couple that are about to tell their child that they're divorcing. Their child hears them and starts crying, and then a spell turns um, the the husband and the wife, uh, as they are currently, but uh, shortly no longer to be, into little toys, and you need to... Uh, through convolute, convoluted plot mechanics, um, find a way to restore yourself uh, back to your human form along the way. Uh, who knows? But this is the way it seems to be going. Who, along the way, learning to love each other again. Now, that side of things is rubbish. Um, and particularly the solution that they uh, come up with in order to reverse the spell, which is about making your child cry. And so they go out of their way to upset her. Wow. In, in Honestly, like one of the cutest looking but most uncomfortable gameplay scenarios I've ever been in. Uh, you know, both me and uh, my wife were going, this feels really wrong. Mm. Um but, you know, if you put that to one side, uh, it's just a total joy. So uh, it's in split screen. You can play it uh, local or online. One of you takes the the lady person. One of you takes the man person. And um, it, it reminds me of something like Luigi's Mansion, which is just, you know, where every level is so it's, it's so big. Um, and introduces new mechanics that you never see again um that you know the amount of stuff that's been crammed in there um is a real uh is a real credit slightly too much i would say you know mm. we'd reached a point where we thought we'd finished it and uh, and then there's a lot longer to go but um we do intend to finish it this evening um and yeah and it's 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 kept us playing we're still talking to each other as well despite the fact <laughs> There are quite some quite difficult platform bits in there, which I'm fine at. Right. Interesting. I'm fine at, Steve. Uh, you're um, not the what, first <clears throat> person to tell me almost exactly that, that the game is lovely and the setting, the narrative is so bad uh, that they, you know, they don't really want to play it anymore. Yeah, I mean, Kate is actually actively not paying any attention to the cutscenes now, which, mm. which, um, which I don't know, seems a little bit rude to me. Um, so she'll 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 start looking at her phone whenever some narrative happens. But mm. I, I'm like, but we might lose what we're supposed to do in this in this next level. Um, what's nice about it though is that despite the fact that some of it is quite tricky, um, actually, uh, it's full of check, crammed full of checkpoints and so you never actually really mm-hmm. um go back too far even in the boss battles the checkpoints are often sort of during them um if if, if you fail them so yeah I, it's it's really really good beautiful looking game lots of fun um slightly too long stupid story thoroughly recommend it seven out of ten someone told me that game is currently free to amazon prime members it's not okay <laughs> great <laughs> all right fine uh okay i've um so i haven't been playing much the last two weeks because i've been making a game what i know uh and that's been really really fun and i'm really excited about it as well and i think it's gonna get finished and be playable by other people and i guess i'll mention it again if that's the case. But it's a puzzle game, and the design of that has been like making uh, playing a game in itself. So it's been very, uh, <laughs> very interesting and 
I mean, generally that's the case for puzzle games is that you have to have empathy for your own design and play them through, but also placing these blocks um, and coming up with the systems to place the blocks is like a block-placing puzzle game in itself. So that's kind of ticked uh, a lot of the boxes for me over the last two weeks, which is like, I need to play a game. It's kind of like the last thing I need to do. What I have been doing in my downtime away from playing that uh, is I've been... I, I wanted something simple and easy to go to um, so I've been playing Stardew Valley. Okay. Have you ever played that? No. No. Why? Uh, because I, it's, it's just not of I've, I've no interest to me. Mm, I think you're right. Like, <laughs> generally, like, it is a very boring game. Like, very, 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 very low-key drudgery all the time. Simple actions repeated forever. But we have established on the show a lot that I am vulnerable to that kind of thing. Uh, idle clickers being the purest form of them. And Stargy's kind of that, except for you're doing more of the more of the actions. In clickers, you just click and that'll chop down a tree in Stargy. You've got to walk to the tree and you've got to choose the right thing in an absolutely appalling mess of a UI. Uh, choose the right thing, chop down the tree, pick up the bits and then go and do it. It's a gentle, pleasant atmosphere for a game. Uh, it is very slow and very, very dull. But I'm still playing it, and I think sometimes that's like kind of the point. Video games are escapism, right? And when other parts of your life are really, really challenging, which, you know, building games is, the last thing you want to do <laughs> is be challenged. And the last thing that Stardew does is challenge you. I've almost gone through the fourth season now, almost gone through a full year. Uh, which has taken me about 20 hours of game time, I think. And that might be enough for me. Like, uh, I've done this before on Switch. It's not the first time I've gone through Stardew. Uh, or, sorry, gone through about a year on it. And got to the end of a year and gone, I don't know why I'm playing this. So I guess I'm just waiting for that moment to arrive again. Uh, <laughs> and hopefully by next time, next week, I'll either have a game to announce or wow. I'll have played something else. That'd be bigger than the uh, Switch Pro. Yeah. Switch Pro dates, won't it? I'll talk to Nintendo. It's probably time for me to. to you click could be a launch the, title. Click the output to Switch Pro button on Unity. And, uh, <laughs> spit it out to that. Yeah, that's exciting. What? So, what? You are potentially going to announce it next week, are you? I doubt it. Okay. <laughs> I doubt it. Uh, maybe I will. I don't. Well, what? I'll talk to the other person I'm making it with and see if uh, they're interested in in an early One Life Left exclusive. Uh, but we've only been working on it for two weeks, and games take ages. So, but it's it's good. It's good. Good. Well, that's exciting. Yes, I look forward to seeing more about that. Then, oh, uh, you will. Um, I think that's it. I think we've got to wrap up quite sharpish because uh, we've talked loads, and it's been super fun. Thank you, Simon. Yes, yeah, nice to see you. Uh, pleasure as always. Um, and thank you to everyone who's listened. Thank you, of course, to Resonance One Hundred Four Point Four FM. Um, and we will speak to you again this time next week. Until then, goodbye! Goodbye! goodbye.